These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard him say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to episode 103 or 103. Haven't quite decided on that bit yet. Today I am delighted to be joined by another new guest, a run of absolutely awesome guests uh, lately. And I was really interested to sit down and have a conversation with today's guest, uh, Brianna, and talk about something that I've t- spoken about a couple of times on the podcast and kind of comes up here and there. And it was really interesting just to sit down and have a really good chat about sex. As you guys know, especially if you follow the blog, um, I don't just talk about mental health. Sexual health is another thing that's really, really important. Uh, And I think there is a crossover with mental health, as both are about health. Uh, But sexual health is a really important thing in its own right. And it was really interesting to sit down and have a chat about um, how education maybe isn't quite where it should be. Um, It is improving, but it's still not quite there yet. Uh, it was also interesting to talk about kind of successful and non-successful, what's a non-successful, Unsuccess- unsuccessful, um, sexual encounters, um, and what maybe feeds into that around communication, consent, um, our confidence in certain areas as well. We also spoke a little bit about Brianna's own experience in talking about sexual health. Um, and we also kind of lead into an app uh, that Brianna's been working on or is involved with, which is called Juicebox. Uh, and it was really interesting to hear a little bit more. And um, since speaking with Brianna, I've actually downloaded the app and had a look through at some of the stuff on there. Um, those of you that know me will know what a cheapskate I am. <laughs> um, so I'm not on the paid option at the moment, but I'm very much considering it based on kind of the stuff that I've seen. Um, so there are uh, there is a free option and you can go through and um, be involved in like the forums and have conversations and kind of discuss with people if there's certain things that you're not sure about or, or want to find more about you can do that and then if you want a bit more support or information um, kind of from the professional side then there's a paid option as well which is really cool to have in there and again because it's an app you've got that kind of that 24-hour option of if you're thinking something and you just want to shoot off a message you're able to do that so that's really cool uh what Brianne also mentioned was that there is a, now I wrote this down, there is a five-day free trial. So it's definitely worth, if you're thinking about it, giving it a go uh, with that paid option. 
uh, and just kind of see what you think about it. But definitely download it, definitely have a look. Um, there'll be a link in the description and stuff like that as well. But really worthwhile as to kind of having a look and seeing what's available. I know recently we've spoken a little bit about some of those mental health apps that are out there as well. And again, it's kind of that similar idea. It's on your phone. You can kind of check in with it, ask a couple of questions and it's right there at your fingertips, which is really handy. So we spoke about a few different things and I'm going to, as always, just kind of throw you straight into the the conversation. But I want to say a big thank you to Brianna and to the guys at Juicebox for kind of giving me their time and coming on and talking about um, sexual health, which is hugely important, as well as the app and the different things that they've got going on. Um, do check them out. Do have a look at them. Um, and as always, if you've got questions or you want to find out more, um, come and find us on social media. Again, all the links are in there um, towards the end of the podcast and in the description as well. So I hope you enjoy it. And remember, you're not alone out there. That's a mental health thing, but also for sex. Although sometimes for sex, it's nice to be alone. You know, masturbation is pretty cool too. Off a track, back into the conversation. So yeah, so how how has your day been? Pretty good. I mean, it's it's still... I guess the very first bit of the day here. Mm, <laughs> yes. So is well, it, so far. It's 11, half, half 11? Yeah. Yes, yes. I find the the time different stuff so confusing. I, I yeah. struggle with it a lot. I've done um, a few episodes with a couple of guys over in America, and when we, oh, it's when we hit the time, um, the clock changes and things like that as well. That really screws us up because you just... I never know when ours is happening until like the day before and it's on the telly or the radio and they're like, oh, clocks are changing. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's fine. And then I sit down to record and I'm like, why is no one here? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but no, we're sitting down today to have a little bit of a chat about stuff that, um, I don't know about where you are, but particularly I think here in the UK, just um, sex and relationships are not really spoken about that much. Right. Um. And I think it, it is an important topic, but it's made even more important by the fact that we we don't talk about it. And there are those kind of struggles around both the conversation of sex, um, potentially some of those um, encounters, relationships and, and situations as well. And I think in the last couple of years, we've seen kind of a growth of support for um, LGBT um, support in terms of talking about consent and things like that. But it's still very uh or we can talk about it in a general way, but I don't want to talk about particular situations or things like that or get into any details. So um, I think that's kind of where some of my interests has come from in regards to talking about sex. Like just it's such an important thing that we don't talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But I know you're involved with quite a few different things. So I don't know, it'd be interesting to hear a little bit from you about um, kind of how that became important to you, I guess. Yeah, my name is Brianna Rader, and I'm the founder of Juicebox. Juicebox is an app for iPhones where we connect people one-on-one to sex, dating, and relationship coaches anonymously. I have always been kind of passionate about this topic of sex education from the public health side. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Tennessee, which is a very conservative state, and I really received no sex ed at all growing up, like not even condoms, birth control. It was just wait until marriage. And I think that context made me start questioning at an early age. And I worked in sex ed in college when I founded a local organization. And it was met with quite a lot of backlash Mm -hmm. by the state government. And I think 
that's when I realized how important these topics are and how scary they are for a lot of people. I went to grad school in San Francisco for public health and then afterwards started working on Juicebox. And I just feel like people really struggle talking about these topics openly and they deserve resources and a place to go to get advice on these intimate topics. I think that's really interesting to hear because I'm of the mindset that um, I did have sex ed at school. Um, it was very, very brief um, and I don't think that great. But then hearing from you that you kind of didn't really receive anything at all, I feel, should I be grateful for the little bit that I did receive, I guess? I, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I think it's, it is one of those things where um, I've spoken to a couple of people before and we've spoken about, particularly obviously with mental health often being the focus on the podcast, that um, it's almost like a life skill that's just not taught in schools and we're not sure why that is and I think sexual health really comes into that as well this is is something that is going to affect your life in future whether you decide to have sex um, early on or at a certain stage in your life or not at all um, it is going to play a role in your life and in your decisions and in your character and just to think that that is not going to be kind of spoken about at all seems so strange now as an adult I, I yeah, I can't quite comprehend why that happens. Um, is that yeah, why there was a lot of kickback with, with your stuff in Tennessee? Because you wanted to talk about something no one was talking about? Yeah, I think I completely agree with what you said about these topics not being taught in school. Like being good at sex and being good at dating and relationships certainly is a skill. Mm. And right now we're forcing people to learn by trial and error, which can lead to bad experiences or even traumatic experiences. I think with the work in Tennessee, it's just people People sometimes have very religious values that tell them that you're not supposed to have sex until marriage and that it's a dirty thing and it's a dangerous thing, it's unhealthy. It's very like sex negative and shaming. And since we were talking about it in a very open, comprehensive way, like we talked about birth control and condoms and STDs, but we also talked about pleasure mm. and consent and communication. And we were inclusive of all identities, including LGBTQ community. And I think people just like could not handle that because they only wanted us to talk about religion and virginity and abstinence. I think it's that side, isn't it, of being it's really hard when you get into those conversations kind of a, respecting people's different views and saying if that's if someone has that view and, and that belief of a very um traditional um perception of what a church um community would encourage in regards to kind of no sex before marriage and i think sex is maybe seen very much kind of as a, a functional thing to for for reproduction rather than like you kind of hint at it's it's not seen as a pleasurable activity that that idea of enjoying the act of sex um is not something that's spoken about encouraged in any way um and maybe that comes through in education if if we're not talking about it at all um then who are the where are people getting information from well you're looking at things like porn for those people that are reaching out and looking in those areas and for those people that are maybe not looking in that way actually church and their community is going to be a big part of that um so yeah that their information their knowledge is coming from potentially that traditional church view of 
Um, this isn't something we talk about. It's not something we particularly enjoy. Um, it's something that we do at a certain stage of our lives, and and we do it when we when we need to. Um, do you yeah, think- we definitely we definitely need to admit to ourselves and also to our children and even in schools that sex is most often for pleasure. Mm-hmm. I think we're all lying if we say sex is for reproduction because when people have sex for reproduction, it's usually only a few times in your whole life. Mm. I, and we're doing a great disservice to lie to our kids about mm. that from a young age in sex ed. I think it come, it's that side of saying um, like it, it can be and it should be something that you enjoy and it's pleasurable and at a certain stage or time in your life, yes, you, you, you may do this for reproduction, but actually... A lot of the time, like you say, people are going to do it because it's something that they like to they like to do or they enjoy doing and actually making sure that that is um, an environment they feel happy, they feel comfortable, they feel safe in. Um, and so much of that is is lost when you're like, oh, we're, well, we're not going to talk about that. OK, so in terms of like contraception, being safe, respect, consent, all of those things are left and lost because you're just leaving it to people to, like you say, just find out essentially by mistake. Right. And when we're adults, then we we never learned as children. So as adults, we're having the same issues, right? Mm. I believe that sex ed and sexual wellness, there should be different information resources that follow you your whole life. Because mm. starting at puberty and then when you're an adult and when you're married and when you're going through menopause, like you all have you have different challenges and you need different resources. So with Juicebox, when we coach adults, uh, it's primarily the app is for adults. Most mm. of our clients are over the age of 25, like 25 okay. to, to 55. Yep. Uh, common issues that come up are men with erectile issues and performance anxiety, women that have never had an orgasm before, married couples that either have a sexual slump or they just feel like they need help, you know, reigniting that passion again, changing things up or relationship disagreements. And then also single people. We help a lot of people that are dating and feeling frustrated with the online dating scene and helping them navigate that. So it's that whole umbrella of topics, anything related to relationships or sex. And how do those, how do the kind of the conversations happen? Is that with their, is there like a coach that they work with all the way through or there are there different activities that they do as part of the app? Yeah. So the app is completely free to download. And then when you download it, you'll go through a short onboarding process where you answer a few quick questions about how you're doing. So you can tell us how your sexual satisfaction is, how your relationship satisfaction is. And then we'll, you'll be talking to Caitlin, who is our matching expert. Mm. And so you tell her just a little bit about what's going on in your life or what you're wanting to address or improve or change And Caitlin will pair you with the coach who's like a counselor. These people have PhDs in human sexuality. Some are certified sex therapists. She'll pair you with the coach that's most fitting for your needs. So we have different coaches that specialize. So we have people that really feel like they're experts in the performance anxiety topic. And we'll pair you with those coaches. Or even things like kink or BDSM or you're wanting to learn more about Uh, relationship communication so we'll pair with the coach that's most appropriate for you and then you and the coach get to talk back and forth all via the app 
it's anonymized and encrypted and it's text-based and you can talk to the coach as much as you want many times per day and the coach will always get back to you within 24 hours so a lot of what we do is about accessibility right Mm. because it's on your phone at all times you can contact your coach seven days a week where a traditional therapist you can only usually meet once per week or once every other week and it's around two hundred dollars per hour so where with Juicebox, we actually are only $24 per week, and that's for seven days per week communication. I think, like you say as well, it's, it's a huge financial or pricing difference for those people that are kind of just wanting to know a little bit more or that really feel actually they're going to benefit from the app. It's It does make a huge difference, and I think that the mobile side as well is hugely beneficial. I know people that have used um kind of more generic i guess mental health counseling apps before um and they seem to have really benefited from that idea that they don't necessarily need the response straight away but they need to be able to ask the question straight away if that kind of makes sense yeah a lot of our clients feel like they enjoy being able to text their coach throughout the day because you Mm. might have a certain thought or feeling at 11 a.m. and then another one at 3 p.m. And in a traditional model, you have to like remember all of these thoughts to share with your therapist once per week. Mm. But, but it's helpful to be able to just like jot down your thoughts and, and throughout the day and different emotions. Maybe you had an argument with your spouse, things like that. And I think, one of the things that you kind of um, mentioned previously when we were speaking by email is the kind of the importance of learning about having those successful um, sexual encounters as well. And I think that's maybe the side that is sometimes lost a little bit in that we kind of, I don't know, do we accept kind of satisfying sex rather than successful sex? But actually that could have been more of a pleasurable experience for one or both of us or um, actually knowing how both people truly feel about that experience as well. Um, have you found that kind of people have got involved with that and actually learn a lot more than what they were originally asking about? Definitely. Our core mission really is to help people start talking about sex and relationships more openly. Mm. And it's one thing to read a blog, watch a TV show, listen to a podcast about sexuality. It's a whole nother thing to actually actively communicate and that's why we really uh, created our model because you can have the coach as a role model these coaches specialize in sex they are not at all ashamed to talk about these topics extremely openly Mm. and you can see them as a role model right and then you can actually practice communicating with them in the app before you go out and do that with your partner with your date now when it comes to a successful sexual encounter I really feel like the main difference that is that exists when you have a good sex life and a bad sex life is the ability to communicate very openly. And that doesn't just mean, you know, will you come back to my house? It means just completely honest communication. Like I'm really enjoying flirting with you, or I would enjoy you coming back to my house to hook up with you, or I would really enjoy having oral sex tonight, but I'm not going to have penetrative sex. Mm. And then when you're in the moment actively saying, can you move a little bit to the left or, Hey, I don't, that doesn't feel good. And being able to say these things, because I think a lot of people feel like sex is this like silent act. 
Like you just do it and then it's over and people are so scared to say these sentences in the moment. And I think that's one of the huge things that our coaches help with. I think that's a really interesting thing to pick up on actually is um, had a few conversations recently that have kind of sort of led into something similar to this. So we spoke about how important it is to have this communication around sex and I was kind of like, yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, I definitely think I do that and all this sort of stuff. And then when I sat back, I thought, actually, in terms of um, that sexual experience, actually during sex, I think I'm very quiet. And I spoke to a few people and I kind of had a similar thing from from men. And actually the kind of that idea that potentially it's something that they've, they've had experiences when um, they were younger or when they were single or whenever, where... Um, they've kind of had that experience of masturbation and actually it's been something that has to be quiet and secretive and you just sort of don't talk about that don't let anyone know that you're doing it and that then once that's um if you want to say escalated I don't know if escalate is the right word um but once that's changed into into a sexual experience that again kind of subconsciously there's that mindset that actually you have to be quiet or it's not a time for speaking um and I don't know have has something like that come across where you've seen actually it's something that men maybe struggle with a little bit more around that communication during sex? Um, well, I would say actually women probably struggle with it more because they're taught to be very passive and okay. they're taught that, that men give them their pleasure. And men are taught to win, pursue, mm. conquer. And I think that neither party really communicates well, but I think men often don't give women the space to communicate. Okay. Um, and I think it's men are usually the more dominant people in mm. heterosexual encounters. And I really think it's the man's uh, responsibility, or at least he needs to be aware that he needs to give the woman space to communicate and also ask the right questions. And then women, we also need to empower them to feel completely comfortable comfortable to bring up these topics. You mentioned masturbation. Mm. Uh, women experience way more shame with masturbation than men do. Men are taught at a very young age. Like it's normal. Like people joke about it, at the playground that boys masturbate. Mm. The idea of a girl masturbating is even like more extremely removed. Like the idea of it may not even exist. Like a lot of girls masturbate much later in life compared to boys because women are just not supposed to do it. Where at least Men, I think everyone can agree that most men masturbate from a very young age. And maybe, yeah, there's some shame centered around it, but not nearly in the way that a lot of women experience. And I think that's a really cool exchange that we've had there in terms of, obviously, our perceptions are slightly different. But how would we know what the other person is thinking without having that conversation? And I wonder how many other people are in that situation where they think, oh, yeah, I think this is what it is or this is how it is. But without actually talking and finding that out, and like you say, the uh, uh, amount of of women that are maybe in that situation where they they don't feel like that's something that they're able to or that they should do, um, when actually they're, they're, there's no real difference. It's how we've built that up as a society in terms of our views. Right. Exactly. Um, so, do you feel kind of having been involved in in that production of the app that you've had people kind of use it over a period of time and kind of fed back and said, Oh, it's actually changed this or that, or um, is it a case of it's, it's still something quite new and people are still going through that process? Yeah, actually some, 
some interesting clients come to mind when you say that. Like I'm thinking of this one client who was in his 50s and married, and he was struggling with uh, maintaining an erection for as long as he wanted to mm -hmm. and having sex with his wife. And he was coming to us to ha get help with that, and we gave him some exercises, and it definitely improved over time. But after the course of using Juicebox for a few months, we, it was neat to see the conversation evolve because because we actually learned that he had never really spoken to his wife about what she enjoyed in bed, mm -hmm. and those conversations had never happened. So it, it was neat to see the transformation from purely the erectile issue to more of a communication issue to relationship improvement. And by the end of him working with us, we him and his wife were having a much, much more enjoyable sex life and actually having sex much more frequently. That's really cool to hear. And I do, I do, I'm not surprised about that kind of once that conversation starts and they start to talk about maybe the, the issue that they're noticing more that actually it leads into those other conversations. So kind of starting off with the erectile dysfunction, but leading into actually the communication side and, and actually realizing like, have we ever sat down and sort of said, Oh, like, do you like this? Do you enjoy this? Like, how does it feel when I touch you here or there? Or those kind of conversations that we probably jump past really quickly and make huge assumptions about, oh, maybe I asked this of a previous partner and I'm just going to assume that everyone likes it exactly the same without actually asking and finding out about this person. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we've had I, other clients, we've helped many women have their first orgasm. We've helped some you know, maybe men around the age of 30 navigate online dating and enter successful relationships. And, you know, other cases that maybe are less rare, or sorry, more rare, um, we've helped some people kind of explore their sexuality and, and move past their boundaries, which is also also exciting to see. And those, those people, did they kind of, how did they uh, appear to you? Like, was it a case if they came in with a particular issue and then kind of their their identity or what they were attracted to changed while they were engaged in that conversation they'd not had before or was it something that kind of sat in the background that they weren't quite ready to talk about yeah I mean there's so I'm thinking of a, a guy who entered juice box for the first time because he was feeling lonely and he wanted to be more successful dating hmm. but then it, it turned into exploring a little bit of bisexuality and maybe having uh, and exploring BDSM and kink and some sexual fantasies that he had never ever talked about with anyone. He felt a lot of shame around. And so we've been able to talk about all of those different topics now while also helping him with the dating piece. Mm. And then another man uh, was in an unhappy relationship and we helped him figure out if he wanted to break up with his girlfriend and how to navigate that. And I think he also felt a little, um, boxed in with toxic masculinity, like only expressing yourself in certain ways. And we even were able to, I feel like juice box often is that prompt in the room that now you can be like, Oh, I can talk about anything because juice box is saying that we can talk about sex so now I can talk about anything. And that's kind of how I actually feel when I'm in my friends groups. Like when I show up, people are like, oh, Brianna here, the sex ladies here, we can all talk about <laughs> what we want to talk about now. And I think often that's just what you need, right? You need that a no shame zone, that person that prompts the right questions 
And with that guy, I think he felt like he could just explore even the types of clothing he was wearing or some of his hobbies. And that led into, um, I mean, he's still dating women, but I think it's just this idea that men feel so boxed in with mm. being a man means a certain, means a certain thing. And this was a private place that he could talk about that pressure. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes we have that mindset of, oh, if you're considering looking at or talking about something, you're suddenly going to do that or change. And actually, like you say, someone experiencing or um, trying out different types of clothing, considering um, dating different partners, um, doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be their preference from now on. It might just be that they look into it, experience it and say, actually, do you know what? No, that, that isn't for me. And that's completely okay. Like it's, there is that kind of mindset of, oh, you should know what you want before you even try anything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think uh, our coaches do a great job of making people feel comfortable and posing the right questions. And then also not only do they text back and forth with you, but we also have these guides, scripts, and exercises that are interactive mm. that can kind of prompt new ideas. And, and we have guides and exercises ranging from, you know, how to improve your oral sex skills to uh, relationship health to topics of cheating and infidelity. Okay. How, how over text message do we improve, improve our oral sex skills? I've got to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a, an exercise that goes through like five steps you can do, uh, like different placements of your tongue and your hands and then your questions you're supposed to ask your partner while you're doing them so that you can figure out how to best improve like your touching for your mm. partner. Because I think a lot of people feel like, Oh, I, I had oral sex with my last partner in this way and that's going to work for every future person I sleep with. And mm. so we just go through uh, different questions to be asking and different things to try, like whether you're moving your tongue in this way or whether you're sucking or flicking and those types of movements okay that makes sense i was just i couldn't <laughs> i was <laughs> how 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 you are <laughs> um so kind of from having these people now come forward and talk to you and kind of engage in those different types of conversation and and go through and use the app as well um has that made an, a, a difference to you as a person in terms of you feel more comfortable now talking about sex than you did before or has it just kind of allowed you to share that skill that you had before with other people? Yeah, I think it all started with my work in Tennessee and that helped me be more comfortable because we hired these professionals, coaches, counselors, educators to come speak at my university hmm. and seeing how comfortable these coaches and counselors were with the topics made me feel like I could be that comfortable. And then after working in that field for a few years and working on juice box, I think now I'm just even more comfortable with it. And I definitely think seeing other people's challenges definitely makes you feel less alone when you have your own challenges. Mm. I think it's really interesting as well. Cause I, I, I might've missed a little bit of something in your story, but I'm kind of, I've got in my mind that, you don't have like um kind of the the medical or sort of side of in terms of qualifications actually it's someone that is just passionate about this is something we need to talk about a lot more and then you've got the professionals on the side in terms of the coaches if i do i kind of understand that bit right 
Yeah, so I have a master's in public health, mm. but I'm not a professional sex therapist. Yes. So I my role is to be the CEO of the company and make sure that everyone is <laughs> running well and product mm. development and advertising and everything else that's not the actual coaching. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I was hinting at in terms of it's something that you are very passionate about and it's something that you think that people um should feels like a a strong word but should or could um be doing more of and I think that's a really nice side sometimes when you see people come in and and have a real passion for something and say this is something I really believe in and and try and spread that and I think that's a really nice side to have alongside the 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 professionals that are doing the the coaching side um I think that's really nice when you've got someone that's that's got that story and that passion for something because you you hear that when they sit down and they talk about it and we've spoken about some of the technical sides of of the app and and, uh, the coaching that's going on but it is very much about starting that conversation and I think that's something that kind of anyone can start with and that's a real thing to kind of encourage if you're listening along to this like start to talk to um your partner or, or the person that you're sharing your your time and those experiences with and and find out what they like and if you want to have more information have a look at the app and, and go through and find that but that very first step I think if people can sitting down and having that conversation with the person that they're with is really important yeah I agree I think we try to get people communicating about these topics in any way or form we can mm. some of the we, I know we've been talking about the coaching, but Juicebox does have other features in the app that are free. Mm. So one of them is called Spill, and that's where people can share stories about sex, dating, relationships, and people can comment and upvote on them. And I think that's just a nice place to see what other people are going through. Mm. And then we also have a forum called Snoop where people can ask questions to our coaches for free. And then the ones that get the most upvotes, the coaches answer. And you can read through the other Q&A forum going on to see, you know, try to learn something from someone else's question. And then, um, of course, if your question doesn't get upvoted, that's why we have the one-on-one coaching so that people can have a dialogue. Because the old Juicebox app actually was targeted at young adults and teens. And what we discovered is that a lot of adults were using the app and that they deserved more of an in-depth dialogue and conversation, which is why we built the coaching feature so that it wasn't just like a one-off question type format. Mm. I think that peer side sounds really interesting as well. people that maybe don't feel comfortable or confident enough yet to approach someone and say and I'd like a bit more information about this to be able to to look around and see what other kind of stories and discussions are happening is a really cool opportunity yeah I completely agree um in terms of kind of your experience over that period of time then what what would you like to do say in three or five years time where do you see um kind of a combination of the app and yourself going and growing well i do want juice box to eventually be the place where everyone goes for anything related to sex and relationships so i'm not sure exactly what that will grow into but i think other products like we might start offering products that are topic based instead of just general sex and relationship coaching Mm. uh and I just want to see Juicebox grow into uh, many, many different channels and forms, uh, everything from pleasure and maybe even sex toys 
to more uh, relationship wellness and health. I think that that's it's really kind of a positive thing to see those potentials as well and I think when we started off by talking about I guess like some of the gaps in education and some of the areas that we're not given as much advice or support as we could be um, to actually think yeah there's something that's really nice and accessible in terms of being on a mobile device and that the different options that are available there um, I think yeah that's how, it sounds really interesting to think that if I'm talking to the coach and they might recommend um, like certain products or features or discussions that I could then go and look at those or order those through either through the app or something so it's all very similar that it's it's quite a nice way to keep everything together as well because I think I've had conversations before where someone mentions a particular um, toy or something like that but then you go away and you look yourself and you're like mm, is this really is this what they were talking about and there can be a bit of a a confusion because again it's something we're not talking about that you just make the assumption oh okay they've just told me generally what that is I'll just go away and every cock rings the same right <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's a really nice side that some of that could join up in the future as well, I guess. Yeah, I think that we certainly sometimes do product uh, recommendations and help mm. people buy uh, these lubes and toys, vibrators, because I think people are overwhelmed when trying to select something and people can feel embarrassed about it too. Mm. Um, it's been really cool to kind of get a, a sort of a little bit of time with you and hear a little bit more about um, what's going on I'd I'd love to sit down longer and talk about especially the education side um, and maybe that's something we can do again um, in the future but for now if um, people wanted to find out a little bit more about you or find out uh, more about the app where are some of the places that they can go to yeah so go to the app store and type in juice box one word to download the app I think it's the second one that comes up. It's free to download. And then also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us, our Instagram handle is Juicebox app. And then our website is juiceboxit.com. Ace. And I will add those into the description as well. So you can just click on those unless you've been really quick fingered and typed those down as well. Um, it's been really cool to sit down and talk to you. And um, like I say, hopefully we can do it again somewhere. And really go on about that education side <laughs> yeah I had to get over that quickly because I was like I'm gonna get riled up I'm gonna spend half an hour just talking about education <laughs> right <laughs> um but it's really cool and I think I'm I'm definitely gonna have a, a look at the app and um like I said I've spoken to a few people recently so I'm gonna try to convince them to get on board as well um because it'd be cool to kind of be able to talk to a couple of other people that are using the app and sort of see see what they're thinking about it so um that side is definitely going to be really, really cool. So I'm going to have a look at that. But thank you very much for coming on and thank you for your time and having a chat with me as well. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me and... That's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard him say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. 
people knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. 